Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 88th official episode. Today is the annual Space the Floor NBA Award Show. Here we go. Where we are giving the most valuable player, defensive player of the year, most improved, rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, coach of the year, executive of the year, and then all NBA first, second, and third team, and then predicting the finals MVP. There we go. And I'm really excited to, to get into this. And even, even though it's it's not quite the end of the season, we're kind of getting to a point where it's like we can't quite talk about the playoffs because the matchups aren't set, but we're close enough to the end of the season. So it's May 9th right now. I think the play-in starts on May 18th. There's only, uh, you know, all the teams have like four or five games left. It's it's late enough that I think we can kind of call who is going to be in, yeah. in which of these in which of these spots, make our, make our picks, um, even though we're not quite at the end of the season. So forgive us for being a little bit early. But that's, that's our episode idea for today. All right, to start with the MVP, I think we probably both have first place, and we probably both have second place is the same. Yeah. Um, one, I have Nikola Jokic. I think he's he's becoming the consensus MVP. Um, for me, I was back and forth throughout the season between like Jokic and Embiid, and whoever, mm-hmm. even whoever else that third guy was. For a while, it was Curry. Um, at the beginning of the season, it was LeBron. At some point, it was like Damian Lillard. At some point, it was Luka. And... For me, I don't know. I, I I wasn't overly impressed with Jokic like I have been for the past several MVPs. Like, oh my god, this guy's ridiculous. Um, Jokic is obviously an insanely good NBA player, but the actual performance, I was just like, oh, this he's having a great season rather than this guy's blowing my mind. Um, but the thing that finally pushed over the hump for me was when Jamal Murray went down mm. and he and the Nuggets have gotten better. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I honestly like. I, I mean, I can't, I can't like hate on hate on it too much. Being like you, you're not like amazed with with Jokic's performance, or whatever. But I don't like that take. Like, I think it was, I forget even who it was. There was somebody who said, like Nikola Jokic would be the worst MVP in the last thirty years, and like <laughs> that. And then Nikola Vucevic tweeted out something like, "They really just let anybody talk on TV now," and I, I like that. I like that. Um, just because I. I think I think if you maybe if you look at the stats you're like oh 26 points per game isn't like you know here's a Bradley Beal averaging 31 and Curry averaging 31 and whatever and I don't know I, I think you can maybe pick apart the statistics a little bit you say well the Nuggets are only fourth in the Western Conference but for some reason and, and, and now I'm I'm the I'm the biased Jokic fan here but when you when you watch the Nuggets it's like he's the engine that makes the team go everything goes through him on offense and. As much as people have criticized him for his defense in the past, he's leading the he or he's second in the league, sorry, in in like forced turnovers and in like deflection. So, what's what's sort of unique is that that most most NBA centers and including the guy that I'm sure we both have is number two, which is Joel Embiid, tend to on the pick and roll or or on defense like on when they're when they're helping on defense, they tend to drop down towards the paint and down towards the restricted area um, where they can protect the rim better. Nikola Jokic instead tends to drift up towards the free throw line where he'll get in passing lanes and he gets yeah. all these deflections. So even though he's not your typical defensive big in that like he's not necessarily blocking shots at the rim, um, boxing out your man, like, you know, like going up and like getting these rebounds, like he's he gets these like little defect deflections, gets in passing lanes, gets in the way. And so I think he's he's making the he's making the defense like legit threat, forcing turnovers, uh, creating offense via his defense. And it's kind of perfect because nothing he does is typical. Like you also, we also have never seen a center yeah. be the the best passer on the team, nearly leading the league in assists. You know, like I I think I think even if even if you don't 
necessarily look at the stat sheet and, and, and get like absolutely mind boggled the way that maybe you did with Giannis last year. I think like last year you look at Giannis' stats and it's like they have the best record in the league. He's like setting new NBA records in PER, right? He's got he's averaging like 15 rebounds a game he's and like 29 points. Year. Exactly. Like, maybe maybe you're like okay, he doesn't have quite the same resume, but I I think the I think you watch the Nuggets and it's very clear that just like Nikola Jokic is that man and I, and I think in a in a year where a lot of people have we talked about this we we've already kind of talked about this MVP race like a couple episodes ago. But in a year where we've kind of had this revolving door that you mentioned of like this player is injured. This player is in health and safety protocols. This guy's can't play. Like cases keep drifting in and out and rising and falling. Nicola, which has been the one guy who has been at the top of this MVP race from day one to now, um, and and I think when it comes down to it, he's the last man standing. He's the guy that deserves this. And maybe it's not quite the runaway case that some people are making it out to be because I don't think you're totally wrong that like maybe his case isn't quite as clear because he's the four seed as like Giannis's was the last two years. But I still think that he's the, he's the clear MVP. I was curious to see that it's so easy to say, oh, he's fourth in his conference. But mm-hmm. everything, it, it's not. It, it shouldn't be what you are in your conference. It should be how many yeah. how many games you won or how, what's your win percentage. For example, they're fourth in the West. They'd be tied for second in the East. Mm-hmm. And then and then just now, I started going back through the years of the NBA standings, um, and more or less, um, if you take their win percentage, which is point six four seven if you place that into each eastern conference or each western conference most of the time the nuggets would be a three seed the west just has like uniquely three really good teams yeah. this year um so most of the time they'd be the three seed which again is also still rare rare for mvp most mvps are the one seed and then the next uh, most common is the two seed mm-hmm. but you know it's it's understandable and also the nuggets they were the three seed last year the nuggets are probably a worse overall team than they were last year like or at least they should be on paper. Yeah. Um. But Jokic has just gotten so much better, and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter have as well. But they lost a bunch of guys in free agency. They lost like a bunch of role Mason players. Plumley, Jeremy Plumley, Grant. Plumley, Jeremy yeah. Grant. Will Barton has has battled with injuries, etc. Mm-hmm. Um. And so they shouldn't be as good as they are, but yet they're better than they were last year when they yeah. went to the Western Conference Finals. So that's how I console myself. And, and then moving on to Joel Embiid, the. We talked about that same couple episodes ago. I was like, okay, if Joel Embiid puts up the same stats that he ha- that he is right now, which he has continued to do for the rest of the season, this is going to become a two-man race between him and Jokic. That's exactly what it's become. It's become basically a two-man race where everybody agrees it goes, pr- pretty much everybody agrees it goes Jokic, Embiid, and then someone else. Fill in the blank. Philly's on an eight-game win streak, by the way. Like, wow. I had no idea, but like... They, they took back jo- the one seed. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Joel, but Joel Embiid has been absolutely tearing it up. The, the big knock on him, I guess, is that he's played 49 games as opposed to, I'm going to guess, Jokic just played something like 65, um, but I will double-check that right now, uh, 68. So that that's the, that's the big difference yeah. is Jokic played 19 more games than Joel Embiid has. And so in, how, in a and, short season, yeah, that's it, a big deal. It makes a big difference. But the stats, the wins, all of it, like, says says maybe you, maybe you would give the edge to to Joel Embiid if he had played a full season. Although, maybe not. Maybe maybe you like Nikola Jokic's case that much, which I kind of do. I kind of think that everything he's doing is unheard of, and I and I love it. 50-40-86, like 56-40-86 from a big man. Um, also, like, top three in assists in the league. He's averaging eight and a half assists. Yeah. So if you would say that, hey, Joel Embiid's averaging 29, whereas Jokic's averaging 26, it's like, okay, but if you look at the points responsible yeah. for, yep. then Jokic is responsible for 
what, like 45 points a game, mm-hmm. whereas Joel Embiid's responsible for like 35. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so okay, so there's so there's Joel Embiid. It's like he deserves a ton of credit, but it's kind of too, maybe too little, too late, or it's like maybe maybe not even too too little, too late. So much just like it wasn't enough games played. Yeah. Um, and so now, I think I think Nikola Jokic by this at this point in the season has solidified himself as the number one MVP candidate, and no one's catching up to him. Joel Embiid made a good run at it, didn't play enough games. He's number two. And and the interesting question will will, will be, because, you know, these two guys are still only, you know, 26, 27 years old. We, this could be continue to be the MVP race for the next few years. You know, maybe you throw Luka in there, for example. Um, will Joel Embiid ever be healthy enough to, to win an MVP? Because, as you've seen, like, there's no reason he shouldn't be. He's, yeah. He has the stats for it, and the Sixers are good enough for it. Will he ever put one together? That'll be really interesting to keep track of. Um, but I think it goes... It goes Jokic and Bede pretty clearly. Number three is where it gets more interesting. Why don't you give us who you got? Uh, I have Stephen Curry. I, I can't say I'm surprised in the slightest. You are you are a Steph Curry fanboy, but okay. Give but us your, give on, us your reasoning. Honestly, I I think that when the Warriors are or when Steph Curry is on the court for the Warriors, the Warriors are a slightly above average team. Mm-hmm. They're like their offense is, is slightly above average. Their defense is slightly above average. And then when Steph Curry's off the court, they are statistically the yeah. worst team in the NBA. It's like them and the Rockets. It's like when Steph Curry's not in the game, the Warriors are a worse team than the Rockets mm-hmm. are just constantly. Um, and that right there kind of does it for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if you're talking about most valuable player, like, like that's kind of it. And, and, and honestly, the Warriors are going to get into the play-in. Um, as the standings are right now... They are the eight seed. They're two games above five hundred. Which, if you look at the two teams below them, like the Grizzlies and Spurs, don't have a have a Warriors caliber player. But for them to be hanging on in a tough Western Conference is kind of berserk. Steph Curry had like one of the best months in NBA history this year. He's averaging thirty two points per game. Mm-hmm. Third, like thirty two points yeah. per game. And, and and you know, like he's passing the ball while he has six assists. And his efficiency is still through the roof. He's average, He's like 49 from the field, 43 from three pointer, and he like doesn't miss free throws. So what what I'm what I'm just what I'm what I'm doing here is I'm saying that Steph Curry performance wise is having a top three season. I you every nothing you said is wrong. He's also in the plan. He's also the Warriors are the eighth seed in in the in the Western Conference. You're. It, it would be the first time in NBA history that like a, a yes. guy that's like a, not a top four seed. I don't know what was I, what was Westbrook on the Thunder. Even Westbrook, that was like Westbrook a, was six. Still would be the first time that a team probably with that with that low win percentage, point five one five. I know, and would it, win MVP. That, that's why he's my number three. I feel like your your number three can be like sort of like a kind of an out there guy. But I, I just think like okay, who who's had but the I best? Can, who's I, had I a better like season? At least in, at least in my opinion, there are like five guys who deserve it more than Steph Curry this season. I totally in, in, in according in accordance with the like MVP criteria. You know, like like I don't think that you're wrong in terms of Steph Curry is having a monstrous individual season. But look at the history of the MVP award. Steph Curry doesn't fit it. And and I like I think you would he would literally have had to have. <laughs> Had the perfect season to to win MVP this season, and and that's not what it's happened, you know. And he's played sixty games as opposed to it was just sixty eight, you know. Like that's not that's not by no means like he did he like miss half the season, but like that's also still significant. Um, the you know, and, and then like the like the losses obviously don't look good. I, I guess like I, 
Steph Curry could almost do anything and it like wouldn't matter for the for like the for the MVP. I guess is what I'm saying. And so like my guy is is Chris Paul. And I and I and I I, I totally understand that a lot of the argument that like 18 points per game shouldn't win you the the MVP. It's something like 18. Um, but when you look at it, but, but sort of your team impact argument in terms of like when this player when Steph Curry is off the court, they're bad, and when Steph Curry is on the court, they're they're like a league average team. Um, how can you not look at impact with Chris Paul and, and, and be like, okay, that guy really is like one of the most valuable players in the league in terms of like he took a team that was fringe playoffs to to being the second best team in the NBA in one season. Yeah, but like I don't I, like I yes like all, Chris Paul has been great. That's but like, when it comes I, to I, the, I don't know if he's the best player on his team. So how can he be like the the yeah, in, the MVP? In terms of what he does on the court, you could make the argument. Yeah, but you can make the argument between Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul. Chris, or, sorry, Devin Booker obviously wins the scoring argument. I would argue for the for the same reason that we said Nikola Jokic is is like a better offensive player than Joel Embiid because of his overall impact on the game, because of his passing and in his like gravity and things like that. I think you would probably give the edge to Chris Paul also. Um, Curry's averaging twice as many points as Chris Paul. Yeah, <laughs> double. And I don't think it matters. I think I think I think when it comes to what the MVP award means, Chris Paul is is more deserving. And and like, and that's just what what I mean by that is like, look at the history of the MVP award of athletes. Like, who's won it? What their stats are? What like what the what their place in the NBA was? Like, Chris Paul fits that mold more than uh, more than Steph Curry does. Also, Steph Curry has missed seven games this year. The Warriors are one and six. Yeah. So hypothetically, they'll Look, win like three more games. The there isn't game. there isn't an argument against Steph Curry besides the losses. Like, yeah. I, and I like I, that's it. Like, that's it. It just I I I view that is like basically disqualifying him from the MVP conversation. And and we'll and we'll talk about that more, I guess, when we get to the the All NBA teams too. But I, I think I think Chris Paul's at number three, and Steph Curry is below Luca, below Giannis, below uh, maybe like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but but for me, like the 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 virtue of being the one seed, you, all, you also just have to have like an insanely good season as well. And I feel like the Phoenix Suns are just also a good basketball team. So so you're you're saying people people beyond uh, Chris Paul deserve like deserve credit. I, I'm I'm just saying the the reason why like you you have Joel Embiid over Chris Paul. They're both the one seeds on their team. Yeah. Um. They're both having seasons that might even be better than they had last year but you have one higher than the other because one is putting up better numbers sure and so sure. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that for me i put joel Embiid up there more so because he has the numbers and he's a winner yeah he's winning but yeah. for chris paul like the i feel like the only case is the wins so why not put Donovan no, Mitchell no, no, up there? No, here's the the. It's not just the wins. It's it's also the like, the general impact. It get, because I I think that that to, to limit Chris Paul to the stats is to do him an incredible injustice. Because who at the end of the game is the guy that's showing up for the Suns? Who is the who when you go back to the locker room is the one like picking everybody's heads up and like leading the team. 
there's a, there's a reason we'll talk about this when coach of the year there's a reason that monty williams probably isn't going to win coach of the year and it's because chris paul is kind of the coach of this team he's kind of you know the the locker room leader he's kind of the best player on the team he's kind of the floor general i when you t- like he it, he does it all for the Suns, right and so so i understand what you're saying like that maybe that it's his stats aren't quite mvp caliber i think across the board Few people deserve deserve credit for for the impact they have on winning that that, that Chris Paul does. And I understand that. Like I'm I'm a huge proponent for the Steve Nash MVPs, but yeah. people are trying to compare this to them because they're you know small good point guards who play on the Suns. But I I, I think they're completely different. I think the, the 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 Phoenix Suns with Nash. I think like he had a he had a bigger impact on their winning than Chris Paul has had. That's not to I disagree. Chris Paul. I disagree. I because. I think that the entire the t- entire Phoenix Suns offense for Steve with Steve Nash was predicated on Steve Nash gets the ball and we figure out what happens after that. Like you get Steve you get Steve Nash the ball because Sean Marion did an interview I I forget it was on it was on some podcast and he and he basically voiced some frustrations where uh, the Spurs told them after the series that they thought that the Suns that year were too predictable because basically. You just force Steve. You just force anybody besides Steve Nash to do something, and the whole thing fell apart. Um, they didn't run any like back screens or plays. It was all just Steve Nash and pick and roll with Amari Stoudemire. James Harden won an MVP. What I'm saying, James Harden won an MVP for doing the same thing, and no one really argued but, that. But I guess I'm saying I'm saying the, the maybe the reason that 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 you feel like Steve Nash did more like had more of an impact is because everything was Steve Nash, whereas I think. Yeah, and the also Chris Paul also, style. Chris Paul averaged this year sixteen and nine. Steve Nash averaged eighteen and eleven. Yeah, that, it, those are better numbers as well. I'm not even saying they're better. Yeah. They aren't better numbers, but I, I guess I actually I actually think that that, that Chris Paul's impact on winning is still better because because I think what, look when the playoff comes comes around like I think that the these Suns will be a legit team because I don't think that. That what that what Chris Paul is doing to impact winning is so like regular season based, and it's it's the same argument against Giannis, which was that like Giannis was MVP, but then what happened in the playoffs? You know that like they are one dimensional. I think we'll continue. I mean, in the in the MVP at the end of the day is a regular season award, but and, and so yeah, I don't even know totally how this fits in the argument, but I guess to de- to defend the Chris Paul comparison like with Steve Nash is even if it doesn't feel like Chris Paul is having so much of the impact because. Their, I think that their team is more like well-rounded and more like multi-dimensional. I think every dimension of the team is is touched by Chris Paul and is and like is based off of what he does. All right, so Jokic, Embiid, Chris Paul for you and Steph Curry for me. Yeah. Going on to Defensive Player of the Year, I felt like putting Rudy Gobert was the simple answer here. Yep. I wanted to do something a little different. And also, I, I kind of think that he totally deserves it. I put Ben Simmons as number one mm-hmm. because, honestly, I, I think that they're, I, I'm sort of starting to buy into the risk of Rudy Gobert can't defend guards and that gets exposed. And that's kind of projecting onto playoffs and the NBA is the NBA uh, Defense Player of the Year's regular season award. But who would I rather have on my team as a defender? I think this year I kind of want Ben Simmons because I feel like you can use him to guard one through five because Ben Simmons can guard fives and he can guard ones. Who am I saying is a better defender? Ben Simmons over over Rudy Gobert. I agree. I think I think that that uh, that that Ben Simmons has more like depth to his defense. I put Rudy Gobert at number one because 
once again, like criteria of the award, like I think that Rudy Gobert probably will win it because uh, they're the best. Like they're the, they're the best team in the NBA. Like they're the best team in the NBA. One of the best defenses in the NBA, and Rudy Gobert is going to get all the credit for that. So I think that well, the Philadelphia 76ers also have one of the best defenses in the NBA, and they they're, do, yeah. then they're the one seed in the East. Yeah. But it, I, but, I think but what, here's, they, they here's all named Joel Embiid. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, so my I put Rudy Gobert at number one. I put it to Ben Simmons slash Joel Embiid because you could pick either one of them and you're not wrong. Um, and so I had trouble justifying putting either one of them over the other, and therefore I was like, how can I put either of them at number one over over Rudy Gobert? And I don't even I'm partially buying into the media a little bit because I think the media will just put Rudy Gobert as MVP again, even though I think, to be honest, I I, I would take either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, I think, as the better defender over Rudy Gobert. Um, but, so, so like, why do I have this yeah. as, as defensive player of the year? Like, I, I guess, good question. But, like, I guess I think I think that's how the defensive player of the year award works. I don't know. I think I'm, maybe I'm playing too much into the criteria of the of the award, considering this is the Space the Floor NBA podcast award show. Yeah, that's true. So, so, like, my preference for, like, in an ideal world, who would win defensive player of the year? It would probably be Ben Simmons, yeah. So, then, um, then pick him. This yeah. is this isn't a prediction. Yeah, yeah. So I guess again so, with the yeah. whole Chris Paul, this isn't a prediction. So, I still don't think Steph Curry should win MVP. Even if, even if it's not a prediction, Steph Curry still should not be MVP. <laughs> um. So so like, who is the better defender out of ben, out of Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, uh, Ben Simmons? Who who is defensive player of the year? I think Rudy Gobert. Um. Yeah, I, there's not. A, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of a whole lot of argument there. Um. But Rudy Gobert is kind of the easy choice considering he's won it like two or three times already. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, and third on my list, I have Miles Turner. Okay. Who, who, who do you have before we get into? I went Nerlens Noel. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. And, and this is this is my Knicks fandom it, coming in strong here. I think the Knicks, though, are like the fourth best team in the NBA in defensive rating. Um, and a pretty good, pretty good, like, if you're trying to pick who's going to be the defensive player of the year, just go to like NBA stats team leaders like defensive rating and just like go down that list um the the jazz the 76ers and the and the knicks are all in the top three and i think the lakers are number one um didn't pick anybody from the lakers because like Anthony davis has been out all year yeah um so you're gonna pick like (laughs) i don't know andre andre drummond like i know no um so so i went with nerlens the well uh partially because knicks fandom partially because the knicks are damn good at defensive rating and also because he just like blocks everything and like i watched a lot of knicks games and i can confirm that like <laughs> neuron Zoel has been really good on defense this year um so i'm just giving him some love uh for miles turner he is averaging 3.4 <laughs> blocks per game yeah yeah to reiterate he's averaging 3.4 blocks per game and i don't want to get on the whole like Hassan Whiteside brand of thinking where mm. blocks equals mm. good defense, but he has been a, rim, a he has been an elite rim protector um, for the he, Indiana Pacers. The only, the only thing I would say why he wouldn't win this is because the Pacers aren't like a good NBA team. The Pacers are fifteenth in defensive rating, which is why yeah. why he won't is because yeah. they look at like what is the team defense stats and then like who's the best defender. Yeah, but. You know, like Sabonis isn't that good of a defender. Yeah, I I think I just think that Miles Turner is just like such a stifle tower. Yeah, he um, is. So for that, I I just I had to put him on this list. He's just like such an elite rim protector. I think I think he's like a top five defensive center in the league easily. So sure. Um, this season 
it's his best defensive season. Um, so I'm, I'm going with that. I like that pick. Let's go with most improved player now. Um, I think I know who both of us are gonna pick <laughs> as Knicks fans, and and this isn't even this isn't even biased though. Like, like, I feel like even if we run. weren't, yeah, yeah, like I feel like even if we weren't Knicks fans, Julius Randall, Julius baby. Randall is the pick. Yeah, man. That's so I'm so excited about that, and I really hope he's a Nick for Dude, a long time. But I, re- I remember talking to someone I know yeah. who uh, actually works with the Bucks, mm-hmm. and he was making fun of me because the Knicks sucked, and. This is like two years ago, and I was like, "Hey, man, we just signed Julius Randle. You there know, you he's go. gonna be an All Star." And the guy laughed at me. He's like, "You think Julius Randle's gonna be an All Star?" And I was like, "Yeah, I here do." Here we go. And here we are. <laughs> it took, I'm impressed. It took, it, took a, it took a year. It yeah. took a year yeah. of of growth. But he's here. Did I expect this? Actually, no, <laughs> no. But I don't think anybody did. Yeah, but hey, man, Julius Randall. This is this is year seven for Julius Randall, which is part of why, like, it, we'll talk about this as we go to our next picks. But you you very rarely see somebody who's in their second year win most improved player because it's like you're supposed to make a jump from year one to year two. Julius Randall. What's so amazing about this is that he's he's got this awesome story of like, don't give up on a player too soon. Because, yeah. you know, Julius Randle, I, I don't know if you remember, like, I kind of had the same the same thing where, like, I, I remember I was I was at, like, a camp with a Lakers fan, and he was telling me about, like, this was, like, definitely over five years ago, and he's telling me about how nice, like, Julius Randle is. Like, he's the future of the Lakers. This was, like, long before they signed LeBron, like, they just drafted Lonzo or something like that. Um, maybe even before that. But it was, like, they had this, like, Fab Five that was, like, Jordan Clarkson, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Josh Hart and like somebody else I don't know um, <laughs> and I was kind of laughing at him like Julius Randle bro like like I don't know like like I had already given up on Julius Randle like two years into his NBA career and then seven years later you know he's 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 on the Knicks and he's and he's an all-star and that that applies to Jalen Brown it applies to Brandon Ingram it applies to I, I don't know you like name name other players that have these breakout seasons like after their second or third year in the NBA. It's just a reminder, like, when guys come in as one and duns, yeah. they're not going to be the best that they'll ever be, like, in year two. They're, like, they're just because, our age. Yeah, like, they have stuff to figure out, so give them a chance. And so that's why I think he's such a p- perfect pick for for most approved players. He made this jump that nobody expected him to make. You know, you expect, uh, for example, Zion. Uh, I, saw, I, I know, like, some people are picking Zion to win most improved player. You know, he's got it from, like, 22 to 27 points per game or something like that. Obviously, an incredible jump, but yeah, it's year two. Like, it's kind of what he's supposed to do. Um, you could say maybe the same thing about John Morant, for example. But like, yeah, it's what he's supposed to do. Um, nobody expected this from Julius Randle. It wasn't what he was supposed to do. Tom Thibodeau saw it in him and made it happen. And and of course, Julius Randle saw it himself and made it happen. Um, you can't watch a Knicks game without them he- without hearing them talk about how Kobe t- when he, in his rookie year told in Julius Randle's rookie year told Julius Randle. When you when you land in a city uh, to go play like for like an away for like an away game, uh, before you even go to the hotel, go to the gym, get shots up, and then go back to your hotel and go to sleep. So they tell that story every next game now. Um, that's funny. But but yeah, but like that's true, and, and you can see how the work ethic has has really paid off. So Julius Randle is the obvious choice for most improved player, kind of like Nikola Jokic is for the MVP. I think that's pretty much a lock. All right, so for me, number two has kind of got to be Jeremy Grant. Mm. For the Pistons, Mm. 
honestly, I feel like this is because the Pistons have been so bad. This has been kind of an underrated thing. But Jeremy Grant, yeah, for his what like seven years in the league, I think, has kind of just been a spot up shooter, and he had to work to become a good shooter. He was kind of just a guy who could play defense and was long and lanky. And then he improved to become to where he could be a shooter to where for the uh, in, in 2019 and 2020 uh, for OKC and for Denver, respectively, he averaged like 12 points per game. Uh, he was a good catch and shoot guy. And then he could go and play good defense. And then he got offered $20 million a year by the Denver Nuggets for over the course of three years. And he declined to sign the exact same deal for the Detroit Pistons because he wanted a bigger role. Yeah. And everyone was like, what What are you doing? Are you, you're you're going to go ISO Jeremy Grant? And for 54, this exactly games, what he did. For 54 yeah. games this year, that's exactly what the Detroit Pistons did. Mm-hmm. And he's averaging 22 points a game. If you told on, on pretty freaking good efficiency. Obviously, he's not going to have the same efficiency as he was as a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, but he has like pr- still like pretty solid efficiency. Uh, I actually that I, I disagree that it's pretty solid. Like I 30, think for 35% a, from the field on like pull-ups for a, for a power forward is pretty good. 30 where do you uh, see 30 from, 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 uh, three, from 3. From 3. No, but I was going to say like 43% from the field as a 68 power forward is I think a counter argument in this most improved conversation because he's down from 48% from the field to 43% from the field. Yeah. I think that that like Generally, if you see someone make a huge jump in, in their in their scoring and their and the in the efficiency also takes a big jump, then it's that big dip. Then it's also it's probably an indicator that like they're shooting more than they should, and that's and that's because the Detroit Pistons have been bad. And and now I'm 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 kind of I'm picking apart this case a little bit because I didn't have him on my list, and it was partially because really? I didn't think to, but he kind of slipped my mind. But I, so that that's probably part of the argument is that like the Detroit Pistons are terrible, and therefore have to Jeremy Grant has to chuck you know and so and so part of the part of the <laughs> difference funny. is that he went from being behind Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic Michael Porter Jr. whoever else on the on the Nuggets to being just him on the on the on the Pistons so you know maybe maybe the argument is more so just like opportunity than improvement although I don't think you're wrong that like 12 points per game but 22 is insane and he deserves recognition for okay. that um who do you have I got Michael. I put Michael Porter Jr. as number two. Dude, but he's he's a second year player. Why are you why are you being second a year second year player? But he really is third because he didn't play his first year play. Okay, his so first what? Year play. So <laughs> so what? Ben Simmons was a rookie second year. So he's a second year player. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. The other the other thing though is that like he he's gone from uh he's gone from even, nine even, to nineteen. He's even yeah so nine from nine nineteen. Same, same like difference in scoring that, that you mentioned with Jeremy Grant, but also throughout this season he is he is most improved too, right? Like, yeah, that's like true. in the last five games and whatever he's averaging like twenty eight, you know. And so partially it's it's for I, I'm picking him because of how much he stepped up since Jamal Murray has been out. He's gone from a guy that was like getting really like kind of like rotational minutes in the you know last season slash like in the bubble. To, and, and he only started eight games. To this season, he started fifty-one of fifty-eight games. His inf- his efficiency is kind of insane. Yeah, he's shooting like efficiency field goal percentage of sixty-five percent is kind of bonkers. Yeah, 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 and, and that's like in, accounting for like free throws and things like that. Yeah, but um, it, it's it's just like that with with increased opportunity, he has totally stepped up to the plate. Um. And he's kind of kept the Nuggets afloat despite them losing their like biggest offensive weapon outside of Nikola Jokic. And 
I saw Kevin O'Connor say that like the real que- there there's a legitimate question now of like when Jamal Murray comes back, is he back to the second option or is he behind Michael Porter Jr.? And I don't necessarily think that Michael Porter Jr. has surpassed Jamal Murray because we saw that dude put up like 50 in the in the playoffs last year and hit some hit some absolutely massive shots. But I, I think we're seeing glimpses this year of Michael Porter Jr. being like a legit scorer star that we never saw before. I, like it, it, he's gone from just a tough a tough shot maker to a legitimate like to over 20 point per game scorer consistently over the last however many games. And so I you're right that it's like I shouldn't pick someone who's in the second year and I shouldn't pick yes. someone who. Generally, you want to pick somebody who's who's an all-star too, like who's who's made a jump from not an all-star to an all-star, which is why my consistent OG Ananobi picks don't really make sense. But yeah, I they, but yeah, I pick yeah. but I pick them but I pick him anyway. So shout out to OG Ananobi because he actually did make a jump, even though he, yeah. he's nowhere near this conversation. <laughs> I, was, I, was about, I was about to say number yeah. secret number three is going to be OG. Yeah, Anunoby. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I thought about it. It's like the number one running joke on our channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, OG Ananobi <laughs> most improved. Um, so yeah, I, I just yeah. fundamentally disagree. I, I think that Michael Porter Jr. like second year players are supposed to improve, especially yeah, guys yeah. who were like you know he's not. The, but but he also has the storyline of like coming back from this back stuff. You know he went he went from the best overall player in high school, the number one prize in the country, to almost falling out of the lottery. The Nuggets took him at fourteen, and now he's back to being the type of player that everybody expected him to be coming out of high school. And so I, I think that like that that jump that progression from being like potential huge disappointment to to actually being everything he was expected to be in more is also a, a most improved player kind of story the same way that julius randall has like he wasn't supposed to be here either did i uh did i tell you i met him at lids i like waited online like, where's your, yeah you have it you definitely yeah. have it some point and but so, yeah so he like signed something for me and then he uh he either got a phone call right after he signed something or like someone wh- i think someone whispered in his ear like hey, yo you got signed by puma and so I was like, oh shit, Michael Porter, like he, like they, that was, that was like the year when everyone signed with Puma, with Puma yeah, randomly, yeah. like him, like Marvin Bagley, uh, DeAndre Ayton, I think. Mm-hmm. And so like, like all these guys signed with Puma in the rookie class. And so I was like, oh shoot, like he's like one of the first guys. And so that's legit. Um, that's my story about Michael Porter Jr. And then third, I have Christian Wood. Literally for every every one of the same reasons I had Jeremy Grant, I also yeah. have Christian Wood. Um, I chose him below because he's played like 15 less games. Um, again, he jumped from 13 to 21, um, and you know also like decently solid efficiency, but a dip in efficiency. He sh- he's shooting like 52% as a center. Um, he can shoot threes relatively well. He's shooting like 37% as a center. That's really good. Um, and just on the whole, the, the other reason why I didn't pick him is because he also was hyped up a little bit in Detroit. Um, so, yeah. he, so if he chose, if he told me who was going to have a better season, uh, Christian Wood or Jeremy Grant, I would have told you Christian Wood. But I think the answer is Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like there was buzz for uh, for Christian Wood to be most improved player before yeah. the season even started, yep. which made me like not really want to pick him for this. So instead, I went with Jalen Brown. Um, who's gone from basically 20 points per game to almost 25. Um, and there's the jump. I, I think it's like a very classic, most improved player kind of year to go from almost an all-star, but not quite there to an all-star in, in what, like his fifth season or some fourth season maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, it just like it, the time frame works, the jump works, the, 
the like caliber of player where it's a solid pick he's just like he's a classic like easy easy one that i think uh I think should be in the conversation, even if even if he's not as exciting as a as a Michael Porter Jr. pick per se. Um, just offhand, shout out to Malik Monk. He doesn't have the statistical jump. Uh, he went from like ten to twelve or something like that, but he his efficiency went way up. He was shooting like twenty five percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Now he's shooting like like forty or something like that. And everyone gave up on him when you're talking about Julius yeah. Randle. Malik Monk pops in my head. Um, so good for him for for becoming a good player. He but, was so crazy at Kentucky. I like was, I like I was. still kind of believe in Malik Monk just because of that. Was, like he, he was insane. It's weird how there have been like I think there have been like ten Kentucky guards drafted one and done in the last like six years. I was and, and he's the worst one out of all of them. I was talking about this when the Knicks drafted quickly because the because I didn't know anything about Emmanuel quickly. Uh, but I was saying to everybody, I'm really excited about him because he's a Kentucky guard. He's a Kentucky scoring guard. And in, in in the recent history is like Devin Booker, Shea Gilders Alexander, Jamal Murray, Malik Monk. Uh, who like who am I forgetting? There's there's more like that too. Yeah, it's, I, I'm forgetting. When, when Kentucky John Wall. Yeah, I mean like when, when Kentucky scoring guards get drafted in the first round, Tyler Hero, like like yeah, in recent Tyler memory. It goes. It tends to go pretty well, and so we so we so we drafted Emmanuel quickly, and I was excited about that, even though I knew nothing about him. But just like quick tangent, um, rookie of the year. This should be quick. Yeah. Um, Anthony Edwards, I have winning it. Yeah. Um, and then Lamelo Ball, I have two. If mm-hmm. Lamelo Ball didn't get injured, this yeah. would probably be his award. Although Agreed. Anthony Edwards would have made it very very difficult because Anthony yeah. Edwards has been going insane lately. Like the Grizzlies are really fun to watch. He's averaging nine, but he's averaging nineteen points per game. That's that's a lot for a rookie. That's that's a yeah. I, that's the most. Who who has done more? Who's who's done more than that in their rookie year? Not Zion. LeBron. <laughs> like <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Like I think me, I don't even think Carl Anthony Towns did that. Did did John Morant? I think John Morant was around there. Yeah, Cat. So he Kat was 18. Had, yeah, Cat had 18 as a rookie, and that was like really insane as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's man. the best in a long time. That's, that's the best in a really long time. LeBron so. was 21 his rookie year, but like it might be the best. What about Blake Griffin? Blake Griffin was 22.5. But, well, but, he, he didn't play yeah. his rookie year. He played yeah, the, the next so, year. Freaking John Moran. Good for you. Or uh, rather, Anthony Edwards. Good for you, man. Like, yeah. You, you might have won it regardless, even mm-hmm. if Melo was healthy. It, it would have been a legitimate race, yeah. yeah. And uh, I saw someone, I, like I was, I was... I was going through articles to like help me kind of like think of who am I forgetting? Like what are the awards we got to get through? And I saw someone run an article yesterday putting LaMelo Ball back over Anthony Edwards <laughs> saying that he couldn't respond. I was a little bit like, what? Um, no, I, I think Anthony Edwards has got, has got this. LaMelo Ball number two. And then I think Tyrese Halliburton deserves the three spot. I agree. He's He's been a great passer, great defender for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Just super solid. Um, and then like a team that like, he, hey, like any team the NBA would want him at least as a backup. And the Knicks passed him up. He, uh, he was he was the one that I wanted the Knicks to draft it, and I was hopeful when we drafted Obi. But and I still am hopeful actually about I'm Obi not. Toppin. But but when but I was hoping we would draft Tyrese, and 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 my gut was right. And I think and you and you were the same way, right? I I, I was I was some people were be, like no, pro Killian Hayes. I was I was pro Killian yeah. Hayes. I was pro either point guard. Actually. Yeah. No, I was I was Tyrese over Killian. Yeah. Can't say um, his name because Killian just has such a cool name. But I guess Tyrese Halliburton <laughs> is also a sick name. So Reese, yeah. I don't know. Um, six, six man of the year. Six man of the year. Number one, Jordan Clarkson. Agreed. Th- this might be the least close six man race in, in, a, bit. in, in a minute. Like because yeah. because even the the past few years we've had Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams 
mm. um, going after it. I guess maybe that one year where Lou Williams had like 23 off the bench. Um, Jordan Clarkson, one of the secrets to the Utah Jazz success this year. His shot making, uh, his three-point shot making has been insane. Um, solid passer, but he's he's mainly just a bucket getter, honestly. He's averaging like 17. Yeah, that that one that was pretty. It's say. pretty obvious. I think he deserves he deserves actually a decent amount of credit for the Jazz being as good as they are. It's just like their their bench is not a good scoring unit without him, and he it, just yeah. like single handedly makes them, you know, like like offensively legitimate. Um, he was another one of number, those Laker guys, like Julius. Yeah, 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 exactly. The, the Fab Five. Or yeah. <laughs> number two. Um, this is an interesting one. I, I was looking, as I mentioned, I was looking through some articles. One of them mentioned Jalen Brunson, and that was it for me. Of course, I'm going to put Jalen Brunson. If That's you don't right. know, <laughs> we, do, we do this series called STF Solos, where only one of us will sit down and we'll talk about the about the NBA. And so I did one about Villanova basketball players. My dad went to Villanova. I'm a big Villanova basketball fan. Jalen Brunson, of course, was National Player of the Year at Villanova. Uh, played, I think three maybe four years he he was he, he was pretty like long-term player at Villanova um and this year of course is coming off the bench for for Luca basically you know you know Luca is kind of the starting point guard for the Mavericks and so of course Jalen Brunson is coming off the bench but I've I've mentioned in past episodes and I definitely mentioned in that Villanova STF solo that Jalen Brunson could be a starting point guard on most NBA teams um he's the kind of player that anybody would love to have he plays really smart is super fundamentally sound very good cash and shoot three point shooter, very reliable uh, ball handler, passer, playmaker. Um, gives a ton of effort on defense, even though he's kind of small. So I think I think he's he's deserves to be in this conversation along with potentially Tim Hardaway Jr. Has um, he been coming off the bench? He has. He's he's only started like twenty six games out of the like 50, you know sixty that he's played or whatever. Um, so I don't know if he's actually eligible. But the, the the backup backcourt for the Mavericks of Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. is that's probably the definitely best like the best in the NBA, the best yeah. like backup backcourt in the NBA. Um, so big big shout out to Jalen Brunson because I think I think he actually deserves to be in the six man of the year conversation. Uh, for number two, I did such a lame pick. I, I chose Montrose Harrell. He's averaging like fourteen. Yeah. He's averaging fourteen six. Um, what made it justify for me is he like he doesn't miss. Uh, like yeah. all, all of his shots are kind of dunks, so he's averaging like, or he's shooting like sixty three percent from the field or yeah. something like that. Uh, and you know, like just solid numbers. Powers minutes. Solid numbers on a good team. His role is down this year compared to last year. He's averaging twenty three minutes a game as opposed to twenty seven. Uh, he's shooting nine times a game as opposed to thirteen. Mm-hmm. But he's doing more in those minutes. He's still putting up fourteen, which is actually a rarity in the NBA, off uh, as a bench player. So I chose Montrez Harrell. Continuing my sort of like personal pick trend in, in after the six man of the year thing because I think this one was kind of one where I got a little funky because uh, Jordan Clarkson I think is the obvious pick. I went with Manuel quickly, my my New York Nick. Oh yeah, he's only he started like three games this year, uh, and in all of Nick's fandom wants him wants him to be starting. I mean, you could say the same thing about Derrick Rose potentially, although he has kind of barely played this season. He's played like thirty games, um, so he's missed half the year. Emmanuel quickly has been awesome for us uh, at the end of the day. Dude, but the but, thing is, he's shooting 40% from the field. Yeah, yeah. Do I actually think that he should win sixth man of the year? No, I, I don't. I think Jordan I think Jordan Clarkson is, is one is pretty clearly. Yeah. But I want to shout out Emmanuel quickly because I don't think he would get much consideration for sixth yeah. man of the year, even though he's been coming off the bench and he's been really, really good for us. My number three is Joe Ingles. He's averaging 12 points per game. Yeah. And his efficient uh, field goal percentage is 67%. 
which just as a comparison, Emmanuel Quickly's is 50. Um, yeah. He has just been another gem for the Utah Jazz. Uh, he is back to kind of what he was two years ago. Uh, he is actually, off, but he's off the bench now. And he just like, you know, makes shots. He He's a, like a phenomenal pick and roll ball handler, which you wouldn't think given that mm-hmm. he looks like your fourth grade math teacher. But he... <laughs> He, he can pass off the pick and roll. He can, like, throw lobs to Rudy. Yeah. Uh, and he can score himself. His pull-up game is pretty good as well. I didn't I didn't want to put two jazz on here, but, yeah. The, but Joe Ingles <laughs> is, a is, a, is, a, is a decent pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go to Coach of the Year. I, I, think, yeah, I, think, I think you might start to notice a trend here in my picks because uh, I got Tibbs. Yeah. Tom I, like, Thibodeau, I understand number one. That. I understand that, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I was not inclined to put Tom yeah. Thibodeau as number one, even though I understand it. He he is He I, went from he didn't have a job for the last like four years and now he is he coached the Knicks from the like the worst I we both expected the Knicks to be the worst team in the NBA and true. they're a four seed in the East. That's true. There's my argument. But my other argument would be it, so the argument you would have is he made them a good defensive team. Because mm-hmm. their offense still isn't great. Um, but but I also give him a lot personnel. of credit for for turning Julius Randle around. You but know, like how but how is that Julius Randle's thing? Like Julius Randle's just making tough shots. It's not like he's getting like these wide open looks. Yeah, it, that's true. But it, but it's but it's a bit of a like putting the ball in his hands and creating opportunities thing because Julius Randle, we've Tibbs has put him in a role where a lot of the time he's the one bringing the ball up the court and we're giving him the ball like early in the shot clock to like go get his own shot. Um, I think I think Julius Randle has become the player that like when the Knicks are stuck, you can rely on him in this situation. And I and I think that was a bit of a like mentality change that that Tibbs kind of put in place. Like this is going to be Julius Randle's team on offense. Um, so so I'm giving I'm giving Tibbs credit for that because I don't think that that would have happened organically if that makes sense. Like I think we'd be relying a lot more on like Derrick Rose for example, or or we would just be kind of like frozen. Um, and I, and I like that we're, we're like really kind of going to him to hit those like difficult mid-range jump shots. For me, I have Quinn Schneider. Yeah. And I, I, he's feel, my number two. I, I feel pretty passionately about this. I, I think he's just, he's such a brilliant, I, I think he's a better coach mm. than Tom Thibodeau. And that, sure. has, and yeah. that has been on display this year. Um, for reference, the Utah Jazz have made zero personnel changes this year. They are the exact same team, except Joel, uh, except Joe Ingles is a year older like in a bad way donovan mitchell is a year older in a good way um and and i guess maybe boyan bogdanovich is worse and yet jordan clarkson's better and jordan clarkson's better so presumably they mike conley's been good this year but presumably they should have the exact same record as they had last year last year they were the sixth seed in the west this year they are the first seed in the west and the first team in the nba best team in the nba and they have been for most of the year. Like it's been pretty consistent excellence. My 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 only argument against Quinn Snyder is basically like, I knew Quinn Snyder was a damn good coach. That's it. But that's not. That's it. <laughs> and, and so 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 uh, Tom, Tom Thibodeau went from not having an NBA job, um, went from no one expecting the Knicks to be good, right? And and it was like. He was a wild card. You didn't even like the Tom Thibodeau hire. I, I hated the Tom and Thibodeau now, hire. And now he's, you know, he's 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 yeah. shown everybody up basically. Totally. Right. I hate, so I hated it. I like the storyline. I'm a Knicks fan, so I gotta put Tom Thibodeau at number yeah. one. Even though you're right that Quinn Snyder is the better coach, the Jazz are the better team. And in, in a vacuum, yeah. Quinn Snyder deserves his award. But it's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder is 
maybe after Greg Popovich the best coach in the NBA. And, and and maybe 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 today he is the best coach in the NBA. You maybe Chris, I think I think if by by picking Greg Popovich you're going a little bit with the legacy thing. I think today Quinn Snyder probably is the best coach in the NBA. Um, so so yeah, so like I I don't I can't I can't knock that pick at all. And 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 he's that's why I have him at number two. Monty Williams is at three for me. I had Monty Williams, but I just decided to change it right now because you kind of convinced me that like Chris Paul, the Chris Paul coach yeah. thing. Um, but he also Monty Williams has done a great job with the Suns team. I I, I really yeah. think he has. He deserves credit. But now that you picked him and you've given him credit, I'm gonna go with Taylor Jenkins, um, mm, who is Grizzlies. coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. Because dude, the Memphis Grizzlies should be bad. They should not yeah. be good. They're they don't have an All Star. They're the highest ranked seed in the West without an All Star. Like the one through mm-hmm. eight seed has an All Star. Um, and then in the East, the, the the same thing. Like pretty much, I, I guess Trey Young didn't make the All Star game for the Hawks, but the the Grizzlies are the highest rated team without an All Star, and I would probably say they're they're the highest rated team who's in terms of in terms of their second best player. They they have a worse second best player than most teams in the NBA actually. And are we calling Jaron Jackson Jr. their second best player? Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't played yeah, this yeah, year. Exactly. He has he's, not played. He's this been year. back for the last like you know he's played like five or Connor, seven games. Connor, now. I don't know who the Grizzlies' second best that's, player is. That's my point. Is. It it might be like Kyle Anderson. Like I have Kyle Anderson on my fantasy team, and he's been he's been really good this year. Yeah, and like John Morant's been good, but he hasn't been insane. He's averaging nineteen, whereas I, I like. So like, the the Warriors who are one seed above them, they have Steph Curry dropping thirty two yeah. a game, whereas this team has the same record. Like we're calling like, and they have a second year player who's good, but you know he's he's averaging nineteen and seven. He's not breaking then. Maybe it's Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, yeah, it would probably be Jonas Valanciunas. But like, if that's your second best player, then Taylor Jenkins is doing a great job yeah. with this Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, Jonas is averaging sixteen and a half points per game, so it it, it would be him. But Jaron Jackson Jr., who was expected to be your second best player, well, actually, like Dylan Brooks, at least on defense, is yeah, because Dylan Brooks on defense has been amazing for them. Um, so, you, so you might have to give it to Dylan Brooks. I don't know. It there's a few people you could pick, but dude, Jaron Jack- Jackson Jr. was supposed to be their second best player going into this year. Mm-hmm. He's played eight games. Yeah, he started. One. I really like Taylor Jenkins. He pick, started yeah. 57 games last year. Yeah. And he started. He started one this year. Mm-hmm. And they and they're they're not worse. They're not worse at all. Yeah. Which is berserk. So I I think Taylor Jenkins is one of the best new coaches in the league. Mm. Mm. Um. So, on to I guess our all NBA teams. Um, I guess I'd run through executive of the year really quickly. Oh, okay. First, you gotta give it to Sean Marks. I think. Um, you know the Kyrie and and, and KD thing was yeah. was last was last season, but the James Harden trade was this season. We'll see how that how that you know plays out in in the playoffs at least, but that <laughs> that like on paper, right? It's gotta be come it's on. gotta be Sean Marks. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> come, on. come on. And then you know maybe maybe give him a little like bonus points for the Blake Griffin thing for uh, and for Lamarcus Aldridge before he retired. Like so he's done so he's done some other stuff. Uh, but and and also like guys like Alize Johnson like is just like showed up out of nowhere. I don't even know where they picked him up from, but he's been like a really important yeah. rotational guy for them all of a sudden. So he's he's like pulled some rabbits out of the hat, like made things happen for the Nets. Um, two, I'm gonna go with James Jones, who's the Suns. Um, yeah, like I, I consider this Chris Paul. I, I think so because no one loved that Chris Paul deal and Jay Crowder. Yeah, but no yeah. one loved the Chris Paul deal. It, it, it seemed risky, you know, like we risky. talked about it being risky. And it was a complete W. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Uh, three, Travis Schlenk. Hawks. I, I, he was my preseason prediction yeah. for the Hawks. And then the Hawks got off to a rocky start. But now they're the five seed again. So yeah. honestly, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm a fan of that pick as well. Maybe. I, I think Clint Capella has missed a lot of time, um, which like maybe hurts this case. Um, even though that trade was technically like middle of last season, I think. Yeah. Um, the Gallinari signing. I don't, I don't even think Gallinari has been that good this year. Yeah, he's, he's averaged like 13 on meh efficiency. Yeah, the Hawks are oh, just no, a no, team. He, he's a sniper from three. The, the Hawks are just a team that's uh, that's decent and made a lot of changes. So that's yeah. the reason that you probably go Travis Schlang number three. Yeah. Um, let's go into our all-NBA teams. We'll get the, through these quick. Um, first team. Should I just run through my my first team and then, and then you can be up after that? Yes. I got Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nicole Jokic, and Joel Embiid. Chris Paul is not an all-NBA first player. I have to put him on all-NBA first team because I picked him as a top three for MVP. <laughs> yeah, you're bugging, bro. I, I, I so disagree. I, I, I put him on my third team. Yeah, I think that's bugging, but... Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. I think I, I stand by. He's like he's third in the NBA in the MVP race right now, and, and therefore he's he's on All NBA first team. Uh, the rest I think are kind of self explanatory. You, I, I saw somewhere that Joel Embiid is eligible for for to be both a forward and a center, and maybe Yogi's just two. But that's the reason I put them both here, even though the criteria is kind of weird. Like you need two guards, two forwards, and a center. So this kind of this kind of complicated the rest of the. But of did, the no, did, picks. Did, didn't they didn't they switch it to where it's just it's. Two I think guards. that's for the all stars though. Oh um, really? I think at least for like I looked at it for, I looked at the all NBA picks for last year and they like had like a, they had like two guards two forwards and a center like the like the positions. Um, oh okay. So that it complicated the the rest of the list because I put because I put like there are kind of three centers who deserve to be an all NBA team in my opinion. Um, who's who's the third? Rudy Gobert. Oh, and so, not, and so, not, not first though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, and so if you like, if you like stretched it, you could, you could put. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll explain when we get to third team, I guess. But, but I kind of like had to stretch the definition of a center. Um, but yeah, you, do you have any problems with the rest of that? Or I'm assuming you just replaced Chris Paul with Steph Curry, and otherwise it was almost the same. So I, I had Curry, Luca, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. Yeah, same as me. Just yes, we traded Chris Paul and Steph Curry. The same as we already had that conversation with the with the MVP race. Yeah. But yeah. Second, moving on to second team. Yes. I got Dame, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Zion Williamson, Rudy Gobert. Still no my, Steph Curry, my which gri- is... My gripe... Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to that. <laughs> my gripe with this, Harden has played 34 games this year. Mm. I And I have him on my second team, too. Mm. That does not seem right. I, I, I'm, I'm going to move Chris Paul up one. Okay. I, I'll, I'll do the same, and I'll and trade good... James Harden and Steph Curry. I'll do I'll do that I'll do that for for your yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, So two, I have Damian. Lillard. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize it was that few. I guess I, I have Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, LeBron. Do you have LeBron on your second team? No. Do you have LeBron on your third team? Yes. I, I LeBron. Kevin, for games played reasons. LeBron, Kevin Durant, and I, I I thought it was the three forward thing, so I actually don't have a center. I have Paul George. That's fine. That's fine. We'll, I, yeah, we'll just. I I have Paul George on this list. Um, because he, you know, he's averaging yeah. 24 on like the, the second best team in the league. Had, the had it been like no, like there was no like center requirement. I might've, I might've put Paul George, but yeah. Um, I put Rudy, I put Rudy Gobert on here. Cause like, I think he's the third, he's the center after Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid who deserves to be on an all NBA team the most. If I'm filling yeah. a center spot, like he's on my third team. Yeah. Uh, Zion been ridiculous this year. 
Um, I don't have him on my list. Yeah, I mean, stuff. Look, like the 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 Pelicans aren't that good, but like Zion's been awesome. Uh, Kawhi. I mean, realistically, there. Yeah, I that was a little strange that I had Zion not on second team, but I I had Zion on second team and Steph Curry on third because the losing argument applies to Zion too. <laughs> the, the, the Pelicans are worse than the Warriors. Um, so I'm glad I I, I traded. Yeah, you're traded a menace for James that. Yeah. You're such a menace for that. It was also a little bit of positional <laughs> positional stuff though. Like it, like the, the guards are kind of stacked if you think about it. Um, if because if I'm putting Steph Curry and Luke, uh, sorry, I'm putting, if I'm putting Chris Paul on first team, and I'm also putting Luke on first team, which I think is pretty obvious, then Damon then I have to fit Damon Lillard, Steph Curry, James Harden, and Donovan Mitchell all on all on all NBA teams. So that's still leaving off other guards. But yeah, so my second team is Damon Lillard, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Zion Williamson, Rudy Gobert, and you have uh, kind of similar. Run through yeah, one more time. I'm, I'm trying to go through Lucas' stats really quick. Like, did you not have him? You, you I, had him on I, first team. I had him team. on yeah. first team. But me as a Damon Lillard fan is like, can I justify putting Damon Lillard no, ahead of him? No. I think I used to, but then the Blazers lost a bunch of games because Dame is averaging tw- 28 and almost eight, and Luke is averaging 28 and, and nine, and and so. I, I, but, yeah, yeah. Twenty-eight, fine. eight, and nine for Luca. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Luca fanboy. Is in addition to yes. a Jokic fanboy. Yeah, so they both of them are first. I, team for I, me, I think but. if if the Blazers didn't drop down to like the seven seed because they were like the four seed for a while, then I, then I would actually put Dame over Luca. But for now, my second team: Dame, Chris Paul, LeBron, KD, Paul George, KD. He might be first team if he played more games. Um, but I think. I mean, he was an all-star starter technically. He didn't play in the game because of injuries, but dude, ooh, that's dude, part dude, of what's going on. Yeah, so that's why that's why he's not on. He's not dude, on my list. He's not on my list to be honest with you. Wow, but Harden, Harden was on your second team. I didn't realize how few games Harden's played. That's why. That's why I brought Harden down to wow. third. Wow, dude. Yeah, honestly, I would be so. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm I'm gonna switch Jason Tatum. I believe. Yeah, I like. I, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Jason Tatum uh, supporter on the. Yeah. If if I didn't have to put if I didn't if I wasn't fulfilling the center requirements, then I would put Jason Tatum on second team and, and not Rudy Gobert. And maybe I should even have Jason Tatum over Zion Williamson, but I'm also Zion guy. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, I have Paul George. I think that was like a yeah. And and then my third team, Harden, Donovan Mitchell, yep. Kevin Durant, Julius Randle. Yeah. And Rudy Gobert. Uh, I got James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Julius Randle. So LeBron I left off Paul is, George. LeBron being three is weird. Same thing though. For, same thing as Kevin Durant and and and, uh, and James Harden. He's, like he's played game. forty-three games. That's that's ten okay. more games. Okay, that's yeah, that's significantly more. Yeah. Um and and also like you know he's like clearly the best player on his team. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah he's clearly the best player on his team. But also like they haven't been that good. You know like the, he's without he's, him. Or or with him like like they're because they're they, they were fall the one on. seed. I'm gonna look up. They haven't been the one seed in a long time. Yeah, well, LeBron hasn't played in a long time. But he played the first 43 games of the season. Even when they were even for the first 43 games, they the were the, Lakers, they, they were the one seed. Yes, they were for not 43 games. Oh no no no. They yeah, were the yeah. one seed for maybe 15. Okay, Lakers. I feel like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong with that. They're probably really good with LeBron, but they're, they're eight and twelve this year without LeBron. That's bad for a team that was going to be the one seed. So if you take out those games, then the Lakers are better. And so the Lakers are like a top three seed. With yeah, LeBron. yeah. Maybe maybe I do have LeBron too low. Like maybe I should replace Zion with with LeBron. But I don't know. I I guess I was like you know games played too low. Um, 
Yeah, maybe he's maybe he slipped too far. But, but dude, Zion's averaging twenty-seven. Uh, arguably, oh arguably Zion's Zion has so been good. arguably Zion has been better than dude, LeBron yeah, in the games oh he's played. God. Also, Zion's been dude. Zion. I don't want to. I don't want to. gonna have such a good NBA career. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I don't want to take Zion off <laughs> off the second team. Dude, yeah, I'm. I, ooh, dude, I'm bugging. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking KD off my list. I'm putting Zion. <laughs> That's why KD's not on mine either. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> me having Zion and Julius Randle uh, on, yeah. on the NBA third team as like. The two bulky lefties. That's so fire. Yeah, I got I got one of them on each. Okay, so let's let's run through the teams again real quick. Yes. Uh, I got Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. I have the exact same thing, but replace Chris Paul with Curry. Then Damon Lillard, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Zion Williamson, Rudy Gobert. Did I not have Kawhi? Oh, Kawhi? you didn't. Oh, that's who I'm. Okay, okay, replace, okay. Replace okay. Paul George what with Kawhi. Was, what happened was I put Embiid instead of Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I have Dame, Chris Paul, LeBron, Tatum, and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And then who do you want to? Do you want to put Paul George back on the list? Because I didn't. I didn't. I left Paul George off. But my third team is James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Julius Randle. If I'm saying screw centers, then get rid of. Rudy Gobert and putting Paul George. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so. And, and oh, I, by the way, like in my third team, I'm technically running Julius Randle as a center because when Same. you look at when you look at the All Star like website, like they list Julius Randle as a forward slash center. So I was like, hey, I'm just gonna count that as like okay. you, you like you can count him as center. So I, I have for all NBA third team, I have James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, Paul George, and Julius Randle. Nice. Okay, we're, ours aren't ours aren't too different. We, in terms of people we left out, uh, my my like honorable mentions were Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine, Devin Booker, Ben Simmons. Yeah, it felt weird to not have Devin Booker on here. Yeah, given that like at least one of us had two Utah Jazz players. Yeah, um, I did, and, and not two Phoenix Suns players. When, yeah. when they're they're the and I had Chris Paul on first team and Devin Booker nowhere, which is also yeah, strange. that's so disrespectful. Like Devin Booker might be a better player. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> he might be. But it's once again, I made the argument that that Chris Paul is a top three top three MVP candidate. So I can't dude, not have him on. He, when did he just become a Chris Paul super fan right now? Dude, he's so good. I, <laughs> he's so good. I I watch the I watch the Suns and I'm like blown away by fourth quarter Chris Paul. Um. So yeah, so Chris Paul, will he? Have, I don't know. Will he? Is he actually going to be All NBA first team? No, he will not be All NBA first team. Steph Curry will be All NBA first team. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Ah, I got him. Okay, that's true. Cool. But he doesn't. He shouldn't be. <laughs> yes, he Chris should. Paul. Yes, he should. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe to see more videos. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to Chris Paul not being all NBA first team. (laughs) Shout out to Chris Paul being finals MVP.